This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, January 7th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Ready, set, go on USMCA. Senate Ag gains new female member and trio vies for top NFU post. What impeachment? Senate gears up for USMCA. Now that the impeachment process hangs in limbo, the Senate is gearing up for speedy approval of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. And the first step is this morning. The Senate Finance Committee will be convening this morning to consider USMCA's implementing legislation. While all the lawmakers on the panel are expected to have their say on the pact, it's also expected to easily pass and head to a relatively quick floor vote. Senate Agriculture Chairman Pat Roberts of Kansas tells AgriPulse he hopes to see the Senate will clear the USMCA bill before the chamber takes up impeachment. Keep in mind, it was just a month ago that USMCA proponents were upset the Senate would have to wait until after an impeachment trial. But because House Speaker Nancy Pelosi hasn't yet transmitted the articles of impeachment, the door is open for the USMCA to move first. I'm not sure what Pelosi is trying to accomplish by withholding the articles of impeachment, but while we're waiting on her, we're going to work on passing USMCA. That Senator Johnny Ernst of Iowa in a tweet yesterday. Georgians switching places on ag. Georgia's newest senator, Republican businesswoman Kelly Loeffler, will be joining two committees critical to farmers and the food and agriculture business industries. The Agriculture Committee, which oversees the USDA, and the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, which oversees FDA. Loeffler is taking an ag seat vacated by senior Georgia Senator David Perdue. Loeffler was appointed to replace Johnny Isaacson, who resigned last month. She's planning to run in November to finish the last two years of Isaacson's term. Loeffler, who grew up on a farm in Illinois, was sworn in Monday by Vice President Mike Pence after Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa escorted her to the front of the chamber. Loeffler brings the number of women in the Senate to 26, eight of whom will have Ag Committee seats. Japan relies on new subsidies to counter trade deals. Japan is expected to finalize a budget this month containing about $223 million in new subsidies for beef and dairy operations to help them increase production at a time when imports are on the rise. That according to a new report from the Department of Agriculture's Foreign Agriculture Service. Japan has signed on to several trade pacts in recent years, including the U.S.-Japan trade agreement last month. Japan's reduced tariffs under the pacts are expected to boost beef and dairy imports, a boon for U.S. producers, but also create new foreign competition and drive down domestic production. FAS said to offset the impact of recent trade agreements, Japan aims to double Wagyu beef production to 300,000 metric tons by 2035. The goal is to get to 800,000 head of breeding cows 10 years from now, up from 610,000 now. Farmers join race for NFU Post. A top staff member for the National Farmers Union and two state NFU leaders are running to succeed Roger Johnson as the organization's president. Candidates for the position had to file by January 1, which was 60 days before NFU's annual meeting in Savannah, Georgia, where the voting will take place. The three candidates are Rob LaRue, NFU's senior vice president for public policy and communications, 
Don Teske, president of the Kansas Farmers Union, and Mike Ebi, a board member of the Pennsylvania Farmers Union. Both Teske and Ebi are cattle producers. NFU has picked all of its presidents from the Dakotas and Minnesota since the 1980s. Though LaRue grew up on a West Virginia dairy farm, he worked mostly for Minnesota's House and Senate members for over two decades, and that includes Representative Colin Peterson as a staff director of the House Agriculture Committee. NFU has about 200,000 members in 33 states, with about half of the total in just two states, North Dakota and Oklahoma. Biodiesel welcomes Knox plan. The Trump administration is moving forward with a plan to reduce nitrogen oxide emissions from trucks, and the National Biodiesel Board is confident the standards won't hurt biodiesel usage. Biodiesel can increase NOx emissions because of the biofuel's higher oxygen benefits, but that problem has been resolved by the use of new fuel additives, according to industry officials. Development of the additives was spurred on by California's fuel requirements. Biodiesel reduces other major pollutants from diesel engines, including hydrocarbons, particulate matter, and carbon monoxide, according to Scott Fenwick, the National Biodiesel Board's technical director. Those benefits, plus others, including biodiesel's improved lubricity, enhanced combustion, and lower carbon emissions, should increase demand for the biofuel, he said. EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler announced the NOx reduction plan called the Cleaner Trucks Initiative at a rural Virginia livestock auction house yesterday. The plan is being released in the form of an advance notice of proposed rulemaking. The agency will take comments for 30 days on the plan once it's published in the Federal Register. Attorney in Roundup Suits delays hearing. The lawyer accused of attempting to extort $220 million from a chemical company will have more time to prepare for his preliminary hearing. Timothy Litzenberg, who has been involved in lawsuits alleging that Roundup causes cancer, have been scheduled to appear at a court in Virginia yesterday. But he and the federal government filed papers asking for an extension. A new hearing date has not yet been set. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that the company in question is Noruron, formerly of the Asco Noble Specialty Chemicals, which was acquired by the Carlyle Group in 2018. The Amsterdam-based firm manufactures adjuvants used to enhance the effectiveness of pesticides for use with glyphosate, the active ingredient in Roundup. Farmers, profit critical for conservation. Three of every four soybean growers say they would undertake new conservation practices if they believed that they would be profitable. That according to a survey released by the American Soybean Association. According to the survey, the average farmer already spends more than $15,000 a year on conservation practices. About one-third of farmers who have wetlands or highly erodible ground say they receive financial assistance from landlords to protect those areas. Here's today's He Said It. Even with a soft agricultural economy, we have learned farmers are focused on conservation. That ASA CEO, Ryan Finley. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, January 7th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.